I'm going to preach this morning on the subject, repentance is the first step up. Repentance is the first step up. Heavenly Father, help me as I preach your word this morning. I desire to be pleasing to you. I desire to preach this book, for this book is what we need in our lives personally, what we need in our church, what we need in our nation, our culture today. Our culture is like a ship without a compass. Lord, just, just not knowing in what direction they're going. Oh, Lord, we need your word. I ask that, Lord, you would fill me with your spirit as I preach today. In Jesus' name, amen. Repentance of sin is the recognition of sin, the admittance of sin, and turning from sin back to God. I'll come back to our text in just a moment. I want to make five statements by way of introduction. First of all, we are all sinners. The Bible says, as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. The Bible says, for that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You may be better than your neighbor. You may be better than everyone in your neighborhood. But if you look face to face in the face of an almighty, righteous, and a holy God, you would come short of the glory of God. All have sinned. Second of all, when we were saved, when we were born again, we received a new nature. Peter calls it a divine nature. It comes within us to live. So at the age of five, just before six years old, I trusted Christ as my Savior. Now when I was born August 1964, I received a sinful nature, the nature of my parents, of their parents, the nature of Adam, the fallen man, the sinful nature. But when I was born again, I was born of incorruptible seed. I was born again of the word of God and I received a divine nature. Third of all, these two natures are contrary the one to the other. Romans chapter 7 and Galatians chapter 5 tells us that they are contrary the one to the other. Now according to the word of God, it is my responsibility to crucify the sinful nature daily and allow the new nature of Christ to live in this body and to live through me. The field that once produced nothing but weeds and thorns has been plowed under and new seed has been planted and what once brought up thorns and thistles now brings forth a crop of vegetables or fruit. It is a new nature there. I'm supposed to yield to the new nature that is in me according to the word of God. Are you with me this morning? Number four, it is a constant battle it is a constant battle to keep the new nature in control of our lives. Paul said this, I die daily. Not once a year. I don't go to revival meeting once a year and get right with God. He said every day I have to die to that old nature. I can't do what I want to do, what the old nature wants to do. I have to do what the Holy Spirit, what the new nature desires to do in and through me. Number five. There are times we must have a cleansing of sin as a Christian. Now, I don't have to get saved again. I've already been born again. Now, I have eternal life. You say, what if you sin? There's no what if to it. 
Are you with me this morning? There's no what if to it. You're not perfect because you're a Christian now. The new nature within you, it cannot sin. It's the nature of God. But this old flesh, we constantly have to battle this old flesh. Now there must be times that we have a cleansing of sin, a repentance of sin, a renewal of our spiritual walk with God. Now folks, listen to me. Don't be ashamed. Don't be filled with pride. Don't lie to yourself and say, well, that's not me according to the book. It's all of us. There must be a constant renewal. We can't let sin come in our life and stay. We have to repent of that, turn from that, and come back to the place of a right relationship with God. I ask you the question this morning pointedly, which of the two natures is in control of your life this morning? And preaching is not a display of a truth. It's a, it's a preaching of a truth with a demand of decision. You see, you have to do something with the Word of God this morning. You can ignore it or you can accept it and say, I want to do what God tells me to do. Which of the two natures of your life is in control this morning? Have you yielded again to the old flesh of the sinful nature or are you continuing to crucify the flesh and living in the new nature? It was William Booth, the founder of the Salvation Army who said we do not like to recognize the conflict of these two natures. We want them to coexist in harmony, but they can't. They're contrary one to the other. We know that, don't we? We understand that. Uh, Paul said the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do is what I end up doing. And he said, I find that there is a battle. There is a conflict going on all of the time. Now, William Booth said, we don't want to recognize the conflict. We want them to coexist in harmony. We want to have a Christianity without a Christ, a forgiveness without a repentance, a salvation without regeneration, politics without God, and a heaven without a hell. But as much as you want it and desire it, it is not true and cannot be possible. Therefore, there must be times in our life that we say, as the prodigal son said in verse number 18, I will arise and go to my father. I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. This young man had lived a good life at his father's house. His needs were met. Though he had responsibilities and accountability, this young man had a good life. Don't miss it now. He rebelled against his father. He went out on his own and he demanded that his father give to him his inheritance. The Bible said he went out and he wasted his substance in riotous living and he began to be in want. The Bible said uh, that he fed the hogs and when he looked at the food the hogs were eating, uh, the Bible said, boy, he, he, he thought, they've got food to eat. I don't have anything to eat. The Bible said he came to himself. Would to God America would come to itself. Would to God that Christians would come to themselves and realize there's no joy to be found in the hog pens of this world. There's no gladness to be found in the hog pen of sin. The only joy and gladness to be found is at the Father's house. And the prodigal said, I will arise and go to my Father's house. 
Now, there are three things that he recognized when he repented of his sin. I didn't say that he made excuse or laid the blame off on somebody else for his bad decisions. Are you listening to me? He did not compromise. He did not hide his sin. He repented of his sin and he went back to the Father. Now, when he repented, he recognized three things. I want you to get these three things this morning about repentance, the first step up. First of all, I want to say the rising in the repentance. I want you to see this, verse number 18. I will arise and go to my Father. Now I want you to recognize something here. While this is literally a physical rising, getting up out of the mud where the hogs were, while it was a physical rising from the place of sin, it symbolizes the rise in our situation when we repent of sin for the purpose of forsake. I didn't say being sorry for sin. I said repent of it. That meant I'm leaving this behavior. Every step in demanding his rights from his father was a step down. I want you to see the picture. Every step was a step down. When he said, Dad, I want what's coming to me. I want to do what I want to do. He took a step down. When he put that inheritance in his pocket rather than safely in his father's pocket for his father to decide when he would receive the inheritance, he took a step down. When he left the house, he took a step down. When he took his wayward journey, he took a step down. The first night of riotous living was a step down. The first time he invited his friends to come and join him for a big time was another step down. When he came to the place that he had no food and he took a job, this boy, Jesus got their attention when he said he fed the hogs because Jews didn't feed hogs. Jews didn't have anything to do with it, but he said this boy, sin had taken him down. And I want to tell you something, the first step up was when he said, I will arise and go to my father's house. The first step up. Can I tell you, friend, if you're here this morning, you're, you're watching me by way of online and sin has a chokehold on you and you've turned from that nature that you received at salvation and you're living to do nothing but satisfying the flesh. Sin will not give you anything. Sin won't put anything in the bank. It has no deposit tickets. It only has withdrawal tabs and it'll take everything you have until you have nothing. The first step up is when you say, I will arise and go to my father's house. May I say this morning, when Jonah fled the presence of the Lord, it was a step down. When he got on the, uh, 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 on the ship going to Joppa, it was a step down. When he stepped down into the ship, in fact, the story is a very interesting one. The Bible kept saying of Jonah, and he went down. And he went down. And he went down. And he went down. And the first step up is when he said, I have sinned. That was his first step up. When Jonah fled from the presence of the Lord, he went down until he repented. That's why the Bible says righteousness exalteth a nation. Sin is a reproach to any people. Sin's ruining our nation. You know why we're in debt as a nation? Sin. 
You blame it on natural disasters all you want. We're in trouble today because we've created a society of folks that think that somebody owes them something. Can I tell you something? We're all debtors. We're sinful debtors. And God owes us nothing. If we got what we deserve, we'd go to a devil's hell. But thank God he gave his son to die on the cross of Calvary. And if I'll trust him as Savior, I can have eternal life. The first step up is the step of repentance because righteousness exalts. When the prodigal got smart and decided to repent, he arose to a better life. Many like the prodigal today, they're floundering in a moral pig pen of the world with the stench of the devil on them. And they're destitute and they're bankrupt in their life. Worse, there's no joy and gladness in sin. Sin brings, brings pleasure for an evening. Sin brings pleasure for a night. Oh, but it brings sorrow and sadness in the morning. Ah, oh, but in the will of God, you can enjoy the will of God and wake up in the morning with a freshness in your soul to know I walked in the presence of an almighty God sin does nothing but bring men lower in fact James chapter 1 the Bible says sin when it is finished bringeth forth death repentance can stop that downward progression and can lift you up the hymn we sing I'm pressing on the upward way. We don't sing I'm pressing on the downward way. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I'm onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. You know what the psalmist said in Psalm number 40? He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay. Did you hear the wording? He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet on a solid rock. He established my goings. He put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Repentance of sin is the first step up. I just need somebody to help me. I, I, there may be times that we need folks to help us, but the first step up for anybody in sin is a repentance of their sin. That's what he recognized first. I want to show you the second thing. Second of all, we see, uh, we see not only, we see the road, we see the road in repentance, not just the rising, we see the road. Look at verse number 18. I will arise and go to my father. Oh, hear me now, now hear me. He did not arrive at home at the decision of his repentance, but he started home. Repentance was the first step toward home. There is a road home. There is a return home. There is a restoring home, but that does take some time. Now you see in this story, the father represents God. Sin puts us on a road that takes us farther and farther from God. Repentance turns us around and puts us on the road. Can I tell you this morning, quit naming your sin and just call it sin and get right with God. Quit, quit trying to justify. Don't give it a name of a disease or a name of a sickness. Just say, you know what, that's sin, that's wrong, that's going to destroy my life. I'm going to turn my back on that and I'm going to turn to the father. I'm going to get on the road to recovery. Repentance is arising. It's a first step up. But second of all, it is the road home. It took some time. Now, you know the story, this familiar story. It took some time before the robe 
was given to the boy. He had to go home first. His father didn't bring the robe down to the hog pen because he had repented. The repentance was the first step on the road to recovery. I've had folks come to church and say, well, I tried church, I tried Jesus for two weeks and it's it just not working. And I said, you gave Budweiser 10 years and you gave Jesus two weeks? Are you kidding? You, 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 you mean in two weeks of trying Jesus, you thought if I just got in church and I tried doing right for two weeks, everything would be fine? It took you a long time to get where you are. Repentance is the first step up and it'll put you on the road to recovery. But I want to tell you something. God doesn't run a welfare business. If you want the blessings of God, you've got to find out what the promise or what the commands are that are connected to the promises. God doesn't just divvy out and say, well, they're having a hard time. Maybe I need to stimulate this. He, he gave a stimulus package this morning when the sun came up. He gave me what I need to serve him this morning. If he, if he gave me nothing more than salvation, he deserves my praise and service until Jesus comes. It took some time before the robe. It took some time before the ring. It took some time before they killed the fatted calf. He had to go. But I do want to tell you this. His father helped on the journey home. Because the Bible said that he ran and met him when he was a great way off. If you'll start toward the Father, the Father will start toward you. I think this morning of Peter, when he left the will of God and he headed down the wrong way of sin. He denied the Lord because he wanted to be accepted among the peers. Peter, did that acceptance bring you any joy? I see you out there weeping bitterly. No, sir, it brought me no joy. Can I tell you, if the whole world accepts you as who you are, it won't make you happy. The only thing that will make you happy is when you do right and live acceptable in the sight of the Lord. Peter... He had to take the road, the journey home. Thank God he did. Now Samson did not repent and his life ended in tragedy. He kept flirting with danger. He kept flirting with danger until he lost his life. I think of Lot where the Bible uses these words. He vexed his righteous soul from day to day. He could have returned to the will of God. He could have returned to Abraham. He could have returned to right. But step by step he stayed in Sodom until his whole family was wrecked and ruined. If you think compromise is better than repentance, Satan has you fooled. If you think flirting with sin is better than repentance, Satan has you fooled. Ask Lot what it is to compromise with sin. Ask Elimelech what it means to sojourn for just a while. Ask Samson what it means to ask for what God says you can't have. I'm preaching this morning as old-fashioned of a Bible message as I know how to preach. There'll never be any joy in this nation. There'll be any, never be any gladness in this nation until this crowd turns around, repents of their sin, and get back to a God-fearing life again. There was a road home. King David was very deep in sin. And in Psalm 51, when he began to pray, he asked God to restore the joy of his salvation. 
Let the bones which thou hast broken rejoice that there was some time between his repenting and his writing of Psalms again. But it did come again. And thank God he stayed on that road to recovery. You may be here this morning. You've repented of your sin. You're trying to do right. And life is not as you expected it to be. I want to tell you, it's better for you to keep doing right and struggling than it is for you to give in to sin and wrong. Are you with me this morning? You agree with that? Let me give you the third thing. And boy, this is an amazing thing right here. I want you to notice the recognition in his repentance. There are two things that the prodigal son recognizes that is a completely different attitude than he had before the pain of sin. First of all, he recognized the degradation of his deeds He recognized the reality of the sin when he said, I have sinned. Now this is is different than what he said before. The prodigal son is now labeling things correctly. His lifestyle and his sin had brought pain. Now here's the attitude he had just a ways before. Don't miss it. Father, my inheritance is my right. I'm demanding my rights. It's right for me to have that inheritance. That belongs to me. And I can do what I want to do with my rights. And he did. But he doesn't call them his rights when he's in the hog pen. In the hog pens he said, I sinned. This nation demanding its rights, going around destroying property and destroying what's not theirs, there'll come a day when it will be gone. The Bible said that he had nothing and it began to be in want. You can only destroy so many things until it's gone. And when this crowd recognizes it's all gone, they're going to be in trouble. I tell you, the only thing bothers me worse than these rioters, these folks that are promoting it, calling them patriots. They've never felt the pain of sin. They've never smelled the stench of sin. Somebody's always bailed them out. But this boy, there's no program to bail him out. There was no stimulus to mail to him. Boy, you're going to have to get right with God or die with the hogs. Here he said, it's my rights. I want my inheritance. You know what he says over here? He said, I've sinned. I'll rise and go to the Father and I'll say to my Father, Father, I've sinned. And then he said, I'll ask for a job and I'll ask if I can become a hired servant because the hired servants, they have bread enough to eat and to spare. The servants do. Not the son, but the servants that work for my dad. I'll go back and ask for a job as a servant. That's the attitude all of us ought to have right now. A willingness to serve, a willingness to obey, a willingness to do right. The prodigal son recognized his deeds and he declared, I have sinned. Rights are never given to do wrong. He may have had the right of the inheritance, but he never had the right to demand his inheritance for him to live in sin. The bill of rights that are given to us in our nation are not given to us to hurt or bring detriment to our nation or to others. The Bill of Rights are given for us to do right. 
to protect what's right, not to do wrong. The second thing he recognized, he recognized the dishonor in his deeds. I want you to notice this. Verse 18, I'll arise, go to my father. I'll say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. Sin is not against others. Sin is against God. Now, he hurt his father, but he sinned against God. He hurt others, but he sinned against God. He said, I will arise and go to my father and say that I've sinned against heaven and before thee. The prodigal recognized that he's dishonored God by his sins. He recognized that he has hurt his father and many others. May I say this morning, according to Romans 14, 7, we don't live to ourselves. The way we live affects the lives of others and we ought to live right in the sight of God so we can encourage others to do that which is right. This recognition, by the way, before sin is what keeps a person from going into sin. If every teenager had the attitude that the prodigal had when he was in the pain of sin, if we had that attitude before we went into sin, it could save us a whole lot of trouble. Just to say, if I can just work every day, if I can just earn. By the way, every son ought to have an attitude of a servant. Every son. Now, sons have privileges. There's some things sons are not expected to do that servants are expected to do. But after being in the hog pen and feeling the pains of sin, he said, I want to be a servant. Every son ought to have the attitude of a servant and say, I'm willing to serve. If I'd have that attitude here before I went down there, it'd save me a trip. It'd save the hurt of the Father. It would, it would save the shame against God. But thank God. Thank God his attitude changed. Thank God his first step up was that repentance. And he took that road to recovery. And he recognized uh, a recognized reality in his repentance. Now here's why I preach this message this morning. I want to be pleasing to God as individuals. But I want to tell you, that's the only place we can find joy is when we do right. There's pleasure in sin for a season, but it comes with a price tag. There's blessings. When you do right, you put blessings in the bank. When you do right, you put blessings in the bank. When you live in sin, it's always a withdrawal. It's always a withdrawal. I preach this morning because I want us to know the joy and gladness of the will of God. Now, if we're not careful, we'll say, boy, this nation needs to do what the preacher preached this morning. That's what this nation needs to do. Or we'll say, boy, I know some folks in church could really use that sermon. Or we could say, Lord, that's what I need today. And I want to be able to sing the hymn, Nothing Between My Soul and the Savior. Of all you've given to me, Lord, the devil's never given me anything but a hard time. Of all you've given to me, Lord, I don't want to have to go into the far country. Sometimes it's just my attitude that leaves the will of God. Sometimes it's just my emotions that leave the will of God. I don't want to leave the will of God. I want to stay right with the Father. Stand with me if you will.
Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Repentance is the first step up. When he repented, he said, I will arise. Physically, it was his first step up. Spiritually, it's not long until you see the robe, the ring, the fatted calf has been killed, and there is rejoicing. Heavenly Father, I pray this morning if there are those that need to bend their hearts and knees, but their seats are at this altar. I pray that that would happen this morning. There's no such thing as a tame sin. There's no such thing, Lord, as sin that's under control. Lord, help us to allow the Holy Spirit of God to search our hearts. If there'd be sin in our life, we would do as the Bible says, we would repent of that sin. We would be cleansed and our relationship with the Father would be what it ought to be.